Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight. Expertise. Top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Boy, absolutely loaded up. We'll talk some Alabama as Travis begins us with Alabama sports is a dumpster fire, and I'm here for it. Talk about that as a domestic violence charge floating around in Tuscaloosa. Also, we will talk about Tennessee's draft in 2024. What balls will be drafted next year? It's a pretty good group. Josh Ward wrote about it on offthehooksports.com. But we get it rolling right now with John Adams, the longtime columnist for the Knoxville News Sentinel and Gannett Sports. He's all over the place. He's fantastic. John Adams, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Dave. A bit overstated intro, though. I like to I like to come in and just throw heat from the beginning, John. That's yeah, how I roll. That, yeah, that's cool, but I'm not that good. I think you're I think you're pretty good. You're uh, looking okay. good. Well, that's better. I'm pretty good. He's okay. Yeah. All right, John, we want to get right to it. Um and we want to kick some things around. John's going to join us on a regular semi-regular basis based off his schedule cuz he gets like 38 weeks of vacation. So, we'll see when he can join us. But John is with us. John knows UT and John happened to be in Louisiana recently, so he has a good feel for what LSU is doing from an NIL standpoint. And let's begin with that instead of the Alabama talk. 
let's begin, John, with NIL and how it appears to me that Tennessee and LSU, based off our conversation, are doing the best in the entire SEC when it comes to NIL. And you wrote about it recently. Your thoughts? Yeah, Dave, I think what both of those programs seem to be committed to is uh, a broad base. It's not just football or men's basketball. They're putting NIL money into women's basketball. They're putting money into baseball. That was evident with the with the recent spate of transfers uh, going into this season in baseball. Three of the top transfers, it came down to the decision was either Tennessee or LSU. Two picked LSU, one picked Tennessee. Then you've seen it again with women's basketball. Uh, Kim Mulkey won a national championship basically through transfers. Um, not all programs are spending that kind of NIL money on on those sports. And I think it's uh, it's uh, obviously those those fan bases are want to win in everything, LSU in particular. When I was in uh, Baton Rouge, you couldn't you couldn't drive a mile on the interstate without seeing attorney personal injury attorney Gordon McKernan on a billboard. He's uh, and he's very involved in uh, LSU's NIL, so they're ju- they're in pretty good shape. And so I guess the more the more accidents there are, and the more suits he wins, the better off LSU sports will be. I guess so. So did you put some people in the wall or did, did you see any LSU fans putting people in the wall? <laughs> no, but they do drive kind of crazy through town there. Yeah, there could be a reason for that. Uh, John's appearance brought to you in part by City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. Hit that like and subscribe button. Integrity matters with that HVAC unit. And you're going to have some people that are going to come out and say, hey, you've just got to replace it. Well, that's thousands of dollars. Maybe it just needs a part or some coolant. Integrity Matters, 50 years in Knoxville. City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. John, I I see where you're coming from in terms of supporting the other sports. But as a a businessman, you look at it and you say, it's pretty much football and men's basketball that are going to generate revenue. Why do you think it's important that Tennessee or LSU or whoever support secondary non-revenue sports well it's not for everybody but uh lsu's women program averaged over eight thousand fans a game a home game um so angel reese the star player on the championship team first team all american uh made 1.3 million off nil so they're the fans are supporting this. Uh, Kim Mulkey is probably the biggest attraction in Baton Rouge right now. She, she uh, had a press conference and, and told folks that they needed to build an, a new arena for basketball, either that or uh, upgrade and renovate the current, the PMAC, uh, Pete Maravich assembly center. Um, so she's got leverage and people listen to what her say, what she says. So, Maybe LSU will have do have a better arena soon, at least a renovated one. But yeah, there's interest there. The same way LSU has long been a huge, uh, huge place for fan interest in baseball, and we're seeing that at Tennessee now. Tennessee has a history in women's basketball because of Pat Summit. That's obvious to decli- obviously declined in recent years. 
with the baseball program because of Tony Vitello, people are willing to invest in it, not just with their interest and, and emotions, but financially. So we'll see how it works out. John, I want to stick with football related to NIL and talk a little LSU because I had known for a while about Tennessee being ahead of the curve in NIL. I didn't know LSU was right up there with them. And Dave knows where I come from this. I felt like LSU was the easiest place to win at in college football. And now they have a coach who is actually a, a pretty smart game planner, something they haven't had in 20 years. And now they have a, a according to you, a great NIL initiative. How scary is LSU football looking at for the future, given those three things? Well, Caleb, you saw what happened last season. I mean, uh, Brian Kelly came in there. There was a reason he moved from Notre Dame to bat to LSU. Uh, obviously, he thought if Les Miles and, and Ed Orgeron can can win championships there, I can, and so can probably have my family. So he comes in there, and he's aware of what it takes. When you look at what he's done, he's combined everything. He's got the NIL behind him. He's raised interest. In, in LSU football because I think the fans see the potential there. Uh, then he's also been after transfers. That's how he was able to make, just like Mulkey in basketball, he was able to make a uh, win the SEC West mainly through transfers. Uh, transfers. So, yeah, you're right. The potential there is, is tremendous. And you go back to uh, – why Nick Saban left Michigan State for LSU many years ago. It was because Louisiana put as many there per capita as many guys in the NFL as, as any state. And and that was a big factor uh, in his decision. Uh, his, his agent, Jimmy Sexton, told me that. It, it was a crucial factor. He knew he could win there. Brian Kelly sees the same thing. And, and right now, I think uh, – I'd pick LSU in the West over Alabama. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there too. Because uh, uh, I, and I want to transition with that on your thoughts on this. I think that LSU long term is potentially the dynasty of college football, given these things. I don't think Alabama is going away though. But what about this year? How much trouble is Alabama football in, given this quarterback situation? They seem desperate. Yeah, when you get a take a questionable transfer questionable talent wise from from Notre Dame in the last minute it's yeah it was basically uh sounding an alarm raising a red flag and saying we're in trouble it doesn't matter how you try to spin it I'm sure Alabama fans can say oh man we got the guy that picked apart South Carolina's defense and Ty Buckner okay we'll see how that works out in the SEC West uh yeah I just thought you can't, I don't think Alabama football is unraveling by any stretch. Uh, you look at another number one ranked recruiting class, but it underscores the importance of quarterbacks in today's game. You just can't afford to make a mistake and get left, uh, have a void there at that position. If you're trying to win championships, you can still win eight, nine, ten games even, but, uh, you go back, and a couple of years ago, Ty Simpson was a five-star recruit. That's whom Alabama signed as its future quarterback. He's obviously not that now, or you wouldn't need a transfer from Notre Dame. 
and you wouldn't be thinking, I mean, Jalen Milrow is obviously ahead of him. Uh, and, and so Ty Simpson, if you make a mistake like that, you need to rectify it through the transfer portal. So I'm wondering why didn't Alabama make this move earlier? Why didn't it go after uh, Sam Hartman, who w- transferred to Notre Dame? Uh, there were better options, or even Devin Leary, who transferred to uh, Kentucky from NC State. You just you just can't get short, cut short at that position now. That's, that's interesting you say that, because Caleb and I got in a discussion of whether or not Alabama is on the decline, whether or not that move was desperate in picking up a quarterback from Notre Dame Buckner. So it sounds like to me that you think that move was a little bit desperate, but that Alabama is not on the decline. I think they are on the decline just based off the team I watched last year. And I think if they don't have Bryce Young, there's one or two more losses on that record. I think they are on the decline, but John, we were talking yesterday and you don't necessarily see it that way. No, I see. I agree with you. That didn't look like an Alabama team last season. It didn't look like a Nick Saban team. Too many mistakes. If not for Bryce Young, it it loses four games. Uh, it had a truly a great one of their greatest quarter Alabama's greatest quarterbacks ever. But those mistakes, um, the fumbles, the turnovers, the penalties—some really stupid penalties. Now. I look at Nick Saban's track record. Whenever he slipped, he's come back with a vengeance. And that's why I'm saying I'm not sure Alabama's in decline right now. I think Nick Saban will get it right. But that's a fair take. He's older now. He's closer to the finish line as a coach. But his track record still says he will fix this. It it does say that. And he's taken advantage of the transfer portal with Jameer Gibbs. And I can't imagine where, what Alabama skill position guys would have been last year with, without him, uh, John, and, and he's recruiting well, but to me, this is whether or not they're on the decline. There is just too much of a mountain to climb with, with NIL, his grasp of that, the transfer portal. And listen, I'm sure he's doing a great job, but we've already talked about, uh, Tennessee and LSU are probably doing the best two jobs in the SEC in NIL. To me, it just seems too mighty of a mountain to climb. And I, I don't see him. I guess that's what we're discussing. Does he win another national championship or not? And I would at this point, especially with Kirby Smart there in Georgia, I, I just don't see it. I don't see him winning another championship. You? Well, I think you would have to say the odds are against it. But again, he just had Bryce Young as a quarterback. He's had a series of game-changing quarterbacks through the years. So Tua for one, uh, Mac Jones had a, had a great year with Alabama. A lot of these programs, before you can count them out, you always have to factor in the possibility that they will sign a future first round draft pick as a quarterback. And I think if Alabama does that, let's just go back and, and say, well, what if uh, Ty Simpson would have been the real deal? It's too early maybe to count him out now, but he's, he's not what those other quarterbacks that preceded him at Alabama have been. So if he'd been the real deal, if he'd have been even a Jalen Hurts who came in and started as a freshman, 
and Tua Tagovailoa, who came in and, and won a national championship uh, game as a freshman. If you get that quarterback kind of quarterback, everything changes. But when I look at Alabama right now, I don't just see the quarterback not being what your tip you are accustomed to at Alabama, but also the receiving core. When we talk about last season's team, I mean, look back on all those drop passes. They drop way too many passes. Their receiving core is not what it used to be. And there's no Najee Harris running the ball and jumping over defenders. Um, the, at all those positions, the skill positions, I don't see great playmakers at Alabama right now. John, uh, speaking of NIL and talking about programs and the state of them and where they're going, it's crazy to say, given what they've done to Tennessee over the past 20 years, 2018, the past 20 years, but it, uh, when we talk about programs that are on decline, how in danger is Florida of the bottom falling out of that football program? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, when you look, when you look back at, uh, when you look back at what Florida's done again, talking about track records, long-term Florida was great under Steve Spurrier, a dominant program probably would have won more than one national championship. If, if not for the fact that Florida state and Florida state in particular was at the top of its game during that period in the nineties, uh, Urban Meyer, one of the great college coaches of all time, won two national titles. But go back and look at all of other Florida's coaches and what that program has done. It's not been Alabama-like. It's it, it's it, it it was a program that that years ago we always used to look at and say, "Boy, Florida has so much potential, great recruiting base, all this stuff." But but that potential was never realized for so long. It couldn't even win an SEC championship. So I think there is concern there for Billy Napier in particular. Florida fans have kind of gotten spoiled offensively with Steve Spurrier and Urban Meyer. It's not the fact that Florida didn't just lose last season. It lost in boring fashion often, even with a spectacular quarterback. So I think you really have to wonder about that program right now. And uh, for the 2024 class, recruiting class, it's interesting that South Carolina is ahead of Florida. Uh, just kind of makes you wonder about NIL. It makes you wonder about how invested the, the fans are now. It, the swamp isn't what it used to be. That used to be a tremendous home field advantage. I don't see it as such anymore. Now, I, I agree, and for – Billy Napier to be an offensive uh, offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, and in his background, to have Anthony Richardson say, "Man, I want to bolt," that tells me that he may be an offensive coach, but Anthony Richardson wasn't sold on him. That to me was a bit of an indictment for an offensive coach. Man, you see Joe Milton staying around at Tennessee to get some more coaching, and Anthony Richardson was on the first Greyhound out of Gainesville. Yeah, and you go back and look, uh, Florida fans might not want to hear this, but the best the best coach that's hired, other than the two great ones, Urban Meyer and, and Steve Spurrier, was Dan Mullen. Uh, yep. I mean, you look at what he did. I know he didn't recruit well enough, 
but I wonder with more help uh, NIL-wise, if Florida would be better off sticking with him. We'll, we'll have to judge that in a few years with what Billy Napier does. But I think Billy Napier is really close to the proverbial hot seat right now. I think he's really close to like the proverbial Ron Zook. <laughs> oh man! I mean, that's cold, Dave. Zook was a great recruiter. He oh, was. Uh, so, but he's a bad coach. I just, I, I got so sick of SEC media days when everybody came up. A Billy Napier, he's detail oriented. What does that mean? That he keeps his fly up? I mean, he, he detail oriented. Nobody says he does anything great, John. What does he do great? He cleans out his closet well. Uh, you look at, uh, I know that was stressed over and over and over, and that's kind of a that's kind of a play off uh, off Alabama. And Nick Saban. Nick Saban is detail oriented. Yeah, but he also wins championships. I mean, I mean, it's good to be detail oriented, but you can't win on that alone. I keep a real I keep a really nice schedule book here, but. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to write my columns for me. <laughs> and he's and he's also Saban is one of the best defensive backs coach in the history of man. Yeah. So, sorry, Caleb. Go ahead, and then we'll let you out here, John. No, no, it's fine. Um, uh, yes. It, so, so John, looking at Tennessee's future, and because we agree they're they're in great shape with NIL. So, how much better shape could they be in with? Okay, Florida is falling off the map we both agree Nick Saban may not be there much longer and Georgia I know they just won two national titles but I mean it seems like every other day you're finding an incident in the program that's that we all know having covered Tennessee incidents like this can undo a program very 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 fast yeah they can um also that sometimes it seems as though the teams with the most talent also have off the field issues. That was true with some of Tennessee's teams in the past. So um, I think catching Georgia is going to be a challenge because um, Kirby smarts on the top of the mountain right now, and he's really good at motivating players. Uh, He's got to keep them out of jail. That's for sure. But he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of talent and you look at, he's kind of what, you look at Georgia now the way you used to look at Alabama. No matter whom they lose, they replace him with another future NFL draft pick. And he's well-stocked. You can't look at Georgia in, at any position, really, and say, well, that's a glaring weakness. There are no glaring weaknesses. But we're talking from a Tennessee perspective. I'm just saying the challenge will be catching Georgia. Not saying it's impossible, Um uh, because Tennessee has so much going for it. Mainly, it finally has a really good coach. John, I know and, you got some. Oh, sorry, John. Well, no. You, when was the last time you said that? Um, Butch Jones? <laughs> Derek no. Dooley? No, I, I didn't say that. Caleb no. loves Derek Dooley, though. No. Okay. <laughs> John, I, I, I've always said that I – I, I'm very, I, I think Derek really made some mistakes, but I do think he probably took over the most impossible situation at the time he took over. Oh, I agree. And, and I'm also safe. I feel safe in saying he had the highest IQ of the few coaches who followed him. Fair. Yes. Okay. Mean, who who would you pick? for that, but <laughs> sorry. Why? 
there's a low bar to have a higher IQ than Butch Jones and Jeremy Pruitt, but I agree. <laughs> yeah, who would you who would you pick in a debate between Derek Dooley versus Jer- Jeremy Pruitt and uh, Butch Jones could tag team one another and each come at come at uh, Derek Dooley and he'd still win. Yeah, like yeah. the high school trivia that's on PBS, they could have those two on one side and then you could have Derek Dooley on the other. <laughs> Uh, John, I know you got it wrong, but I want you to answer today's tough question, then we'll let you out of here. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. Really quick and tight. What happens first? Alabama wins a national championship or Florida wins the SEC East? Hey, Alabama wins a national championship. Ouch. I agree. Yeah. I agree too. That wasn't yeah. as, maybe not as tough as I thought. Hey, Jeremy Pruitt could have answered that question. <laughs> John B. Well, I know you have an appointment to get to. We look forward to visiting with you uh, throughout the summer, throughout football season, and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks, guys. Thank you, John. John Adams of the Knoxville News Sentinel and Gannett. He is fantastic. We love visiting with John. We'll be back in two minutes and what are we going to tell you we're going to tell you what balls are going to go to the nfl one day and what balls are hitting the door in the transfer portal stay tuned this is a presentation of off the hook sports two minutes i know you like the heat you got to try my signature sauce 87 dude you know i love you and i love to try your wing sauce when it comes to wings i need them really hot i hit 105 on the radar gun i need to be pretty spicy yeah i know that man look if Sauce 87 isn't enough for you, I guess you can try the Holy Moses or the Grim Reaper. Mmm, now we're talking. Take it from these Farragut admirals. When you're craving wings, it's got to be Craven Wings. Visit them online at cravenwings.com. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. Before cannabis, I was I was really heavy into the drug culture. Um, I was selling drugs. I was just constantly in pain. I was missing like a good support system in my life. Cadis has given me everything that I need in order to successfully have a wonderful recovery, in order to have a life that I didn't even know was possible. And it's not just about me anymore. And I love that. I absolutely love it. You can take your life back. Call Cadis today. Our family has been creating one-of-a-kind pieces of jewelry in West Knoxville since 1986. Each piece is a combination of unique processes that bring your idea to life. Every day in our shop, a truly special item with a story all its own is being manufactured in our facility, bringing the history and family sentiment into a whole new generation of life. We are grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. 
a title that we value and respect. Because to me, being a jeweler and owning a jewelry store are not the same thing. I'm Rick Terry. I'm a jeweler. And we want to be your jeweler. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. Love visiting with John Adams. He'll be a regular guest sooner rather than later. He's got some vacay to take. Caleb and John, I think we're going to burn all of Dave's sources and contacts by by just angering them all by the end. (laughs) Well, as long as you're fair, I find that those sources and contacts don't get upset with you. As long as you're fair, that's that's what I've found. And um, speaking of fair, a lot of people had an odd reaction on our YouTube page about, uh, and I don't want to get too sidetracked, but Dabo Sweeney pulling some walk-on scholarships we, we discussed that just to be real clear every scholarship is year to year it's a sign of poor program management and it doesn't make him look good so there have probably been cases where walk-ons have had scholarships pulled and it didn't get publicized but Caleb this got publicized this is a bad look um I don't think there's any question about that yeah part of college football and the scholarship honoring is I guess you could say it's the one version of capitalism in college football, which is to say that the market kind of dictates whether or not you can get away with this. And you don't, it hurts you in recruiting because you don't want to be the type of coach that consistently breaks promises to recruits and walk-ons that that's going to have an impact in recruiting. And so for Dabo Sweeney to do this is definitely a big deal. It's one thing to, you know, Nick Saban that used to oversign, but Say what you want about oversigning. That's that's not breaking a promise. That's saying I'm giving I'm offering a scholarship. You may not be good enough to play though initially. Just just a heads up. <laughs> and that's that's what that was. That's not the same as here's a scholarship. Oh, never mind. I'm taking it back. No, nope. agreed. We're going to get to Anthony Richardson. Somebody already posted on the message board that Joe Milton will be next year's freak athlete quarterback. He walks in the NFL with the strongest arm day one. So we want to get to Joe Milton, but I want to talk about the other four that I think are the most prime suspects to be top NFL draft picks in a year. So we'll do that right now. It's four downs and it's brought to you by our friend, Andy Mason at andymasonrealestate.com. Four downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. 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 Downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. So if you haven't, if you haven't had an opportunity to check out Josh Ward's column, I would highly suggest you do so. So he talks about the five prospects, NFL prospects on Tennessee's team that could be in the draft next year. So number one that everybody wants to talk about is Joe Milton. And we're going to get to that because I think that Joe Milton has an opportunity to do an Anthony Richardson, and that is blow people away. But we'll get to that. First, I want to talk about the other four. First down, defensive lineman Omari Thomas is 6'4", 320 pounds. I think that Omari Thomas has an NFL future, so I'm going to put the onus on you. And this is going to be hard, Caleb. You give me the over-under 
of where Omari Thomas is drafted. So you can say middle of the second round, middle of the third round, middle of the fourth. You can say first round, whichever you would prefer. And then I'll take the over under. And it's brought to you by Andy Mason, realestate.com. Andy Mason has the best service, has the best prices in the biz. Andy Mason, realestate.com. In his office, over 40 years of experience, Andy Mason, realestate.com. Go there now. He's my realtor. He should be yours. Omari Thomas, you're the gambler. Set the over under for me, sir. All right. I'm setting it at the fifth round. Fifth round. I will go. I will go higher than that. So I guess it would be higher or lower. Over. I, yeah. Yeah. I would say he, he will. He will go before the fifth round. I think that he's going to be a guy based off what I've been told in his work ethic that he's going to grow into a pretty solid prospect. I would have him at third round. Brew McCoy. Brew McCoy. Second round. Okay, I'm going to say first round. And here's wow. why. Yeah, here's why. Because I think he's more talented than Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt. And they went in the third round. So I think he's a late first rounder, maybe early second rounder. But I'll go on record and say that I think Brew McCoy is that good. He will be a first-round pick. And I also think that we jumped all over him, or the media did, not you and me, but the media jumped all over him about the transfer situation. In the end, when you look back at that, he's done everything right. So I don't think there's going to be any baggage that he'll carry to the NFL. Well, Go ahead. Yeah, I was. there's still the legal issue that he faced before he transferred that is going to come up because that, that was kind of a serious thing that he got accused of. And, That's true. That's true. And there's also, I'm not so sure. Ruben, like Jalen Hyde and Cedric Tillman were both thousand yard receivers. They've, I'm not so, so they had some production. I think Ruben is going to have the production. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I think don't we both agree that at this point, squirrel, squirrel white looks like he'll be the leading receiver this year. Like if you've had to bet on who a thousand yard receiver would be, you'd bet squirrel white, right? Yes. Good points on both. I, I think they'll look back at the issue at, at Southern Cal, and I think that they'll find that um, they're okay with that. I mean, it's not great. Um, and, and for those that don't know, Caleb, just kind of revisit that really quickly. So I'm trying to remember all the details. But basically, he had a domestic violence issue at Southern California, right. and got, which we know is very serious. Yes. And, and got suspended for the year. After, or didn't really get suspended, but didn't play because he had to wait for the legal issues to resolve itself. Right. And at one point he wasn't allowed on campus because it's a private school. I, I, you know, I think that that will certainly be looked into. I think that will be far in his past at that point. And he steadfastly denied it. We also know, yes, it's serious, but we know people can be misaccused. Is that a word? I don't think so. Can be unfairly accused is a better way to say it. A guy also, that we can be hazy on these things. We, we we have to be fair that like, um, I don't know if you guys ever read any of Malcolm Gladwell's books, but he talks about, he has a couple of instances where he talks about some of these really crazy cases with sports athletes where it, you know, everybody immediately jumps where you say there might be some guilt. They mean like, Oh, you're saying they're guilty. No, we're saying that maybe they may have done something they shouldn't have done, but they may not be guilty of what they're accused of. Yep. Great point. All right. So hit that like button. I haven't said it yet. If you haven't subscribed to this point, please do so. Uh, we certainly appreciate that. Linebacker Aaron Beasley. We would not have had this conversation a year ago because Aaron Beasley was thought to be Robin to Jeremy Banks's Batman, right? 
And mm-hmm. as it turns out, Beasley had the better year. And he can make a big leap, as Josh Ward wrote in offthehooksports.com. I certainly believe he can, uh, Caleb. But I question his pass coverage skills. You, you brought that up before. Where do you have him going in the draft? I have him way low. I'm sorry. I have him. I'm setting the over under in the seventh round. So will he get drafted or not, basically? So Beasley was third down. I'm going to agree with you on that. I'm going to say six or seven, somewhere in there. It's not the end of the world if you're a free agent. He needs to go to the right team. Um, everybody says that, but I mean that in particular. Is he, he doesn't need to be asked to do he, – he, he needs to be, I believe, in a three-four type of system where he's most oftentimes in the box. I don't think you want him in – in pass coverage more than not okay and we're, center- talking about system, we're talking about a system player who also has his own legal issues yes so, so there there's an issue there as well i think these the two legal issues and i'm not just lumping them together but i do think the two legal issues we talked about are are going to be resolved and not looked over but maybe a small factor i don't think they're going to be a huge factor and then other than Joe Milton, the most important player on this football team is Cooper Mays, who we'll visit with later today at center. He's incredibly important. He's smart. He should have been the All-SEC center at the end of last year. I believed he he wasn't. He was preseason All-SEC center. I don't know what happens with that. But, um, man, I think that's a rock. I think think Tennessee – uh, has a real challenge to face when Cooper Mays moves on to the NFL. Centers can be overvalued because not a, a lot of offensive linemen can use their hands. So where do you have Cooper Mays going for fourth down? See, I think tracking the history of the draft, centers are undervalued typically more than overvalued. So based on the history I know of Tennessee centers, Cooper Mays should be a top two round pick. He should be. I'm setting the over at the, at the fifth round, though. I think sometimes centers get undervalued. Scott Wells comes to mind. Scott Wells should have been a first-rounder, and he fell to the seventh round. Wow, I didn't remember he fell that far. But what about you, you saw Bill Belichick take a center out of University of Tennessee Chattanooga last year in the first round. It was a shocking pick. I think that has any effect. Also Bill in- Belichick, and also Bill Belichick, the GM, is actually kind of being called into question right now. So, <laughs> Yeah, fair. And also, remember this, this was a heavy offensive line draft this year, meaning next year they're going to be light on the offensive line. That's how that usually works. True. I think Cooper Mays goes no later than mid-third because he's able to snap. That's a big factor. I also know that he can long snap from talking to him, so that that can help you out. That can take up an extra roster spot. So I'm going to say second round for Cooper Mays. I think he will wow people at – the combine with his interview skills. And I think he's turned himself into one heck of an athlete. Um, and, and it largely depends what Tennessee's able to do uh, this season in the run game, because Cooper was undersized at one point. I don't think he is anymore, but I do believe that he is, um, he's a guy that fits the NFL and it's a passing game. Now he has lighter feet. So I think that's the type of guys you want to go against lighter guys like Aaron Donald. Um, yeah, he's, he's talked about going against bigger guys, and he's fine with that. But the NFL is getting lighter and faster. 
But I think that he will be a good fit for the trend in the NFL currently, which is pass, pass, pass. Oh yeah, I'm sure he will. I'm sure, particularly he with the with the level they get the the amount of shotgun they use now in the NFL, and the fact that he's playing in a system that almost never really lines up under center. I think that's going to prepare him well too. I mean, I think a lot of I think center is the one position where, and Tennessee doesn't play a spread, don't get me wrong, but center is the one position where playing in these college offenses actually can sometimes prepare you better for the NFL. Okay, so, and by the way, thank you, Smoky Mountain Red. Dave has refined those interview skills for Cooper. You'll be happy to know that Celebrate 98 will show off some interview skills. If they're any good, we'll find out. So, uh, and that is coming maybe this week. Um, So, who else? might be on the draft board who else do you look at and say on this roster this tennessee roster they could sneak into the draft so let's not forget about the other two edge rushers tyler barron and roman harrison both of them i think i mean you're talking byron young last year top three rounds you don't think tyler barron i think tyler barron actually has he's a more refined byron young i don't think he has as much raw potential but i think his production could actually surpass byron young if he plays as much and so Watch out for Tyler Barron and Roman Harrison on either side. Jalen McCullough, I fear, is going to be the Trayvon Flowers of this year. He's going to make so many sacrifices for weaknesses at cornerback that it's going to hurt his NFL draft stock, which is sad because I think he could be drafted otherwise. On the receiver end, I think I think Ramel Keaton is a senior. So I think along with Boone McCoy, Ramel Keaton might consider coming out. I think he has a COVID eligibility year left. But no, he doesn't actually. No, he does. He does because he registered one year. But either way, I think he's he might come out after this year. And then the two running backs, J, uh, Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, one of them might make it into the pros. I don't know. I, I don't know if either of them gets drafted. Of all of those, I think Tyler Barron and Roman Harrison are the top two. Uh, yes, and uh, Keaton does have one year remaining. I, I think that he could he could be drafted. Um, and I think it depends largely on what Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman do in the NFL. I mean, if you, if you see those guys and they're just products of what some people want to call a gimmicky system, which I don't believe, but that is out there, um, then maybe he he's not a draftable player. But I think that uh, he will find a home in the NFL. I think he's that good. I think he's shown that type of uh, skill. Vassilon and Garden Man Alive, it's worth the drive. You've got to get to Vassilon and Garden with their buying power. They'll save you thousands on your industrial fleets, your commercial fleets of mowers, of any type of lawn maintenance products you need. So VassilonandGarden.com. Man Alive, it's worth the drive. I don't care if you're in Nashville, Knoxville, or Chattanooga. Get to Vassilon and Garden, Vassy.com. Again, Man Alive, it's worth the drive. The guy that I think is going to be scary good, like really good, is Dylan Sampson. Now, I know he's he can't leave after this year. This is just his second year. But I think Dylan Sampson will be a guy that NFL teams love, love, love. Kind of like a, a Wes Welker type. That's my that's how I envision him in the comparison. Thoughts on that? I mean, I know that. I saw year. Alvin Kamara still more than Wes Welker. Do you? I don't see this. I don't see the power. You may be right because he, I know he's put on weight, but he, he may well be that type of player. But I want to see a little bit more power. I thought Camaro was really powerful for his size. Well, that didn't show as much in college, though. It showed when he got to New Orleans, I felt like. But you have to remember how Sean Payton schemed. Before Alvin Kamara, there was Darren Sproles. Before Darren Sproles, there was Reggie Bush, which was he always had that, those all purpose backs. 
was when the Saints were at their best. And you often saw them, you often saw them one-on-one with receivers. I mean, not receivers, excuse me, with defensive backs. And I feel like at that point, yes, the power kind of can show a little bit more than a north-south runner who is, is 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 running into linebackers every time. Yep, absolutely. And um, I want to talk about to change pace a little bit. Those are balls that Tennessee is going to lose after this year. And curious what you think about what the Vols lost this week. Balls, balls lost two players to the transfer portal. I don't see either being a, a major hit. Um, and I do want to get to that in a bit. But first, let's break down Joe Milton. I wrote on offthehooksports.com. Joe Milton can be Anthony Richardson of this upcoming year. He is bigger. He's an inch bigger, 10 pounds. Uh, he's an inch taller, 10 pounds heavier. He can be the Anthony Richardson of next year if he has a good season. There's no question in my mind. And can Anthony Richardson go in the top five of the draft? That's a hefty projection, Caleb, but I'm not completely ruling it out that he would go in the top 15 of the draft. I know that sounds crazy, but if the accuracy issues are behind him, and I think Josh Heupel will do a great job of crafting this offense to take advantage of the intermediate and over the middle routes. And he learns to take some gas off the fastball every once in a while. I do believe that Joe Milton can be a highly valued quarterback in the NFL. He is going to wow at the combine. There's no question. Oh, yes, definitely. The problem is going to be that, and this is a big deal, Anthony Richardson seems like he's going to start right out of the gate for Indianapolis. And I don't really believe, I I, I have high regard for his character and his work ethic. I just don't believe he's good enough. And so I think Anthony Richardson, you're going to see just an awful year for him this year. It's just going to be a brutal year. And I think the struggles of Anthony Richardson will make Joe Milton less valuable in next year's draft. Okay, well, I see what you're saying, but he's going to have a – I think he will play better. I think he'll have a better college track record, don't you? Oh, I think Joe Milton will definitely play better, but this is what scouts do. You're right. They, what they do is they look at a player profile and they think, oh, this is just like this player last year, and that's what they're going to see with Milton with more production. You're absolutely right because, look, Joe Milton is probably going to complete more than 60% of his passes this year. I actually think that. I think that – but I still think people are going to be reminded of Anthony Richardson. A, a, a perfect example, Josh Dodds was drafted in the fourth round in 2017, I think. I didn't think he was a top four round pick. I thought he was a six or seven round quarterback. I don't think you take him in the top four. He went or in the top four rounds. He was in the top four rounds because of the success Dak Prescott had the year before in Dallas. Yep, absolutely. So Mr. Jones has Milton winning the Heisman. Unfortunately, that can't happen because he won't have the preseason hype and Heisman voters, not me, but a lot of Heisman voters get caught up in that. So I don't think you can win it. I don't think Hendon Hooker almost was a finalist, but I don't think he could have won it without the preseason hype. But if Milton is, let's say Hendon Hooker was an A plus last year. Okay, Caleb, if Milton is an A plus, I Milton, I'm sorry, is a B plus. How good is Tennessee this year? 
Oh, we lost your microphone there. Let's bring your mic back. Yep. If with with Joe Milton, if he plays a B plus year, I think that uh, Tennessee wins a minimum of ten games. And looking at their schedule, eleven wouldn't surprise me. And I think they'll be in the running once again for the college football layoff. If Milton- okay, sorry about that. My uh, I had a laptop issue. Um, I, I I agree. I agree. I think I think I see eleven wins this year with Milton if if he's a B plus quarterback. I think Tennessee is going to be better in a lot of other places. Funny enough. Except for defensive back, they might actually be worse. So just watch out for that. Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine him playing anywhere near nearly as well as Hendon Hooker, right? Or does this offense take another step with another year under their belt? I Which think is- Joe Milton is going to be what a lot. What okay, I'm just going to say this: what Mel Kiper is worried about with Hendon Hooker is going to apply to Joe Milton, which is that he's going to be deceptively good in this system. He was deceptively good in the orange bowl. When I, I, when I say deceptive, when I say deceptively good, not as good as he looks, he looked really good in the orange bowl because of those underneath routes and he was the MVP. He missed on Tennessee failed to score in a lot of drives in that orange bowl. People keep forgetting that Joe Milton by nature of hypo system and by what he can do is going to put up a lot of points this year and look like a B plus quarterback, like you said. So people are going to be reminded of Hendon hooker. But he's not, and, and that's that actually will help his draft stock next year. But he's not going to be Hendon Hooker. You're right. He's more like Anthony Richardson. So the question becomes do NFL scouts see Hendon Hooker because Joe Milton continue the success of the offense, or do they see Anthony Richardson because of his measurables? Yeah, and, and this too, what is this worth? What is Hendon Hooker being an absolutely great individual worth? Like an elite individual. Um, that's not to say Joe Milton's not a good guy. I don't mean that at all, but Hendon Hooker's leadership had to be worth a half round in the NFL, at least I would think. Yeah, it definitely did. I think that, but you know, his, his leadership had to be worth half round, but his injury may have been knocked him back a half round. And so if Joe Milton doesn't get hurt and he's able to blow people away at the combine and he's got those leadership skills, look, done to my head, Joe Milton gets drafted higher than Hendon Hooker next year. Joe Milton Elias, goes higher, but Hendon Hooker has a better NFL career. Elias said, what's the baseline expectation for a truly accurate quarterback in this offense in terms of completion percentage? Well, that's tough because I don't think just looking at completion percentage because of the way they get people open is an accurate way to look at accuracy. Yeah, that's a weird way to say that term, uh, Caleb. I just don't. I don't think that number alone defines anything in this offense. You? No, no. And, and, and the NFL, even the NFL total QBR barely looks at completion percentage anymore. I mean, effective completion percentage, effective yards per attempt, your completion percentage on yards, on how many yards you throw through the year. There's so many other things that matter now more than just completion percentage. And I mean, I will say a truly accurate quarterback, like if we're talking like accurate, accurate, I mean, you're expecting, I would say you could, you it's fair to expect 70, 75% because of how wide open receivers get down the field. I mean, even Hendon Hooker, look, he's got a beautiful deep ball. It's not the most accurate deep ball. He still misses like two or three times a game. I mean, how many, there were about two or three times a game where Hendon Hooker missed on a clear shot for a touchdown last year. And we consider him to be deep ball accuracy. Let me tell you, I think you'll be surprised who's number two in completion percentage, who was number two last year. It's Hendon Hooker, number one. 
The next guy I'm going to tell you about, I think Joe Milton can be every bit as good as if you've got a pet who suffers from digestive issues or suffers from arthritis issues or maybe even anxiety, you got to go to crafttreats.com. Go to crafttreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook. That's off the hook. Get 20% off, 20% off with the promo code off the hook. I mean, craft treats with their chill pills has CBD that will help your pet. They also have non CBD treats as well. They're phenomenal. Crafttreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook, off the hook for 20% off. Who do you think was second last year in the SEC in completion percentage? I'm going to venture a guess that it was KJ Jefferson. KJ Jefferson was fourth with 68%. For the record, Hendon Hooker led the SEC 69.6. I'll give you another guess. Stetson Bennett? Stetson Bennett was number three with 68.3%. Don't look it up. No Googling. Obviously, my hands are right here. I'm not Googling. Hands up. No Googling. All right. Who you got? Okay. Um, missed on KJ Jefferson. You're like a football savant. I can't believe you don't you don't have this. Please don't tell me it's Jaden Daniels. It's Jaden Daniels. What? Y'all say I am the one high on LSU. Yeah, sixty-eight point six percent. Are you telling me that Joe Milton can't be as good or better than Jaden Daniels? I mean, after watching what Tennessee did to LSU last year, I think he absolutely could. <laughs> I mean. And look, I, I actually am pretty high on LSU, as you guys know, but I think Joe Milton can definitely be better than Jaden Daniels. But I still, I, I mean, I don't think, I don't really believe in either for the draft. I mean, I'm going to say it out front. I think Joe Milton is going to improve his draft stock a lot this year, and I'm rooting for him as a because of his character. I don't think he has much of a shot long as a long-term NFL quarterback, though. I just, I, I, I don't think the skill set's ever going to be there. Such a crapshoot. It depends where he goes. Does he get a Brian Dayball, who's a great quarterbacks coach, and I, I don't know, but ultimately, if if he's if he's anywhere close to his potential, he's going to be pretty good. And let's not forget they're drafted on potential a lot of the time. You have the potential for better vision at Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn has LASIK. They have the cataract surgery, and they also have just your regular vision center. That's where you need to go. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Just Google them. Look it up. Look at me. Not wearing contacts. I can see close. I can see far. It is phenomenal. No contacts, no glasses. Mr. Jones says Joe Milton is going to put it all together this year under Hypo in year three developing. That's the other thing. If you look at uh, Hendon Hooker, year number two, we questioned his accuracy. We didn't question it by the end of the year, Caleb. No, but the thing I questioned less under Hidden Hooker was his his pocket awareness developed so much from year one to year two under Heupel. We still saw the accuracy issues with Joe Milton last year under Heupel. Like the concerns were still there. But and... last year, I th- you know they didn't they took they took their foot off the throttle um, in the final game against Vanderbilt, the final regular season Vanderbilt. That made me think that they didn't have faith in him as a passer, um, but. I talked to Cooper and, and Jacob about how difficult the playing conditions were, and that didn't really translate on TV. So I think that's why they took their foot off the pedal. But, again, I think this offense is going to look different. I think it's going to be a – I'm not going to say ball control, but a little bit more ball control because it plays to Joe Milton's strengths. 
Listen, I think he throws darts on slants. Everybody brought up on our YouTube page the Casey Clawson uh, fourth down pass against Alabama. Those are the kind of balls that Joe Milton is going to be able to throw, I believe, with accuracy and power. Those little digs, those little slants over the middle, and I think he's going to be very good at that. I mean, I, you're pro- I, I agree with you on that. And that's going to be a big thing for Joe Milton is that he can throw those passes over the middle and that it's, he's not going to be as, even though he can, it, which is kind of ironic when you think about it, because he's not as, he's got a bigger arm than Hendon, but we still trust Hendon more with the deep ball because he's accurate. For the record, guys, again, that Casey Clawson pass, we could have completed that. Joe Kynes had the worst defense oh in the history of mankind God. called for that play. And a little strong. It's a little strong. I thought it was pretty impressive. That was a good ball. It was the worst. I, it He called a 3-3. Three, three, he has this 3 feet. Remember the 3-3-5 three, three, base defense Joe Kynes had back in the day at Alabama? And he did a standard three-man rush with two linebackers in spy because I'm so worried Casey Clawson might run for a first down <laughs> with 19 yards to go. I'm sorry. That That, that was almost as bad as Worst defensive call ever. Bob Shoup, 2015, fourth and 15 against Florida. And Will Greer competes, completes the pass to Antonio Callaway. Bob Shoup's got two linebackers and spy. Hey, defensive coordinators, if it's fourth and 15, you don't need a spy. Fair. Be back with you in two minutes. And Tennessee loses a couple of players to the transfer portal. And Alabama, what's going on down there? There seems to be an issue with a coach, and it's serious. Stay tuned two minutes. To own the more that owns every job, then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Our family has been creating one-of-a-kind pieces of jewelry in West Knoxville since 1986. Each piece is a combination of unique processes that bring your idea to life. Every day in our shop, a truly special item with a story all its own is being manufactured in our facility, bringing the history and family sentiment into a whole new generation of life. We are grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler, a title that we value and respect. Because to me, being a jeweler and owning a jewelry store are not the same thing. I'm Rick Terry. I'm a jeweler, and we want to be your jeweler. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! 
Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. What's up, everybody? This is University of Tennessee tight end Jacob Warren, proud to announce that I'll be working with Craven Wings again this season. And I want you to give your all and try my signature sauce, Sauce 87, at either of the Craven Wings' two locations, Chapman Highway in Seymour and South North Shore Drive at the Markets of Chodo. When you're Craven Wings, it's got to be Craven Wings. Online at CravenWings.com. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. On the message board, we had someone ask, is Milton better than T. Martin? Travis says, I say yes. Um, got that discussion. Mr. Jones saying, hopefully Milton is T. Martin and Hooker was Peyton. We win the Natty this year. <laughs> okay, guys, no, Joe Milton is not better than T. Martin. You have to go back and look at the time period T. Martin played in where defenses were a lot, were allowed to do a lot more. And and T. Martin didn't play in this cutting edge of an offense. And he threw, he had, he completed 57% of his passes, had 19 touchdowns, six interceptions that year. In 98, he won it. And then in 99, the thing with T. Martin was there was a noticeable drop off in how he played in 99. And guys, you have to be fair to T. Martin there, though. He had Randy Sanders as his offensive coordinator that next year. Randy Sanders is the most notorious non developer of quarterbacks Tennessee ever had. <laughs> Uh, as an offensive coordinator. I mean, Casey Clawson looked worse his senior year than he did his sophomore year under Randy Sanders. Well, that's true. But let's let's hash this for a second. There are similarities. They both throw a – They both. I, I remember showing up to campus way back in 1996 to cover practice, and I saw this ball fly through the air, and um, I thought to myself, well, that has to be Peyton Manning. I guess it was 97. I said, well, that has to be Peyton Manning because that's one of the most beautiful passes I've ever thrown. I was walking around the corner, and then I looked back to see who threw it, and it was it was T. Martin. There are some similarities between T. Martin and Joe Milton in the way they throw a deep ball, and I don't hate that comparison at he all. He had a way better touch on his deep ball, though. Let's be fair on that. I mean, he had a way better touch on his deep ball. I mean, let, let's, we talked we talked about that peerless price play yesterday. And that, you know, the f- most famous play in Tennessee history, the touchdown in the national title. And, yes, peerless made the play. But T. Martin put the ball where only peerless price could catch it. I mean, that was a beautiful throw that he made. A little bit, un- a little bit underthrown, but still. Yeah, I, I thought it was underthrown. I thought that peerless price made that play. I mean, to me, Joe Milton can make that pass. I'm I'm not arguing as a whole T Martin doesn't have a better touch, but I think you're also discounting with all due respect, Caleb, that Hendon hooker developed better touch and better accuracy. So you're not going to see the Joe Milton who was really good in Clemson. You're going to see against Clemson. You're going to see a better Joe Milton coming out this fall. True. Does that go close to T Martin? If it does, it's because of who he's playing for. It's because he's playing for Josh Heupel, whereas T. Martin probably was on track to have a great senior year in 99 if David Cutcliffe stays around. David Cutcliffe leaves, 
Randy Sanders come. I know, I know Fred White sometimes suggests that T. Martin was held back because they didn't let him throw the ball as deep. They threw it deep a lot more under Randy Sanders in 99 than they did under Cutcliffe in 98. And quite honestly, Martin was not as good throwing it deep that often in 99 because they didn't mix up the offense as well. And you saw, I mean, I think you remember, he, he took a noticeable step back in 99 from 98. So this is interesting. Mr. Jones says Joe Milton can have a Cam Newton top of year. Maybe that's a better comparison than T. Martin. We say T because he's Tennessee, and we see him in orange. We see Milton in orange. Cam Newton's doable. I kind of see that, and I don't mean this as an insult, but I thought T was a little bit more fluid as a runner. I don't think Cam Newton is as fluid as a runner. I don't think Joe Milton is as fluid as a runner as T. I think that's a really good comparison. Kudos to the message board and Mr. Jones. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, and Cam Newton had the same accuracy issues that we're talking about with Joe, where he Cam Newton had questionable deep ball accuracy. Now it was again, it was one of those where I mean that that's a better one. I agree. Now, here's the question. We know Josh Heibel's ahead of the curve offensively. Is Josh Heibel as ahead of the curve? as Gus Malzahn was ahead of the curve when Auburn had Cam Newton in 2010. I mean, at that time, no one had figured out that offense. They figured it out about four years later, but no one knew how to handle Auburn's offense in 2010. And I really like that comparison. I I just see those two guys as being very, very similar, very, very insightful there. Now, the other thing that Cam had, let's remember this, is he had an offense that was ahead of the curve, right? Right. Tennessee has an offense that's ahead of the curve. Auburn was really talented by Auburn standards. Not as talented as probably Alabama, even though they beat them that year with the crazy play. Is Tennessee's talent level to that point would be my next question to support Milton to be a Cam Newton. I think so. That, by the way, uh, the year Auburn beat Alabama with the crazy play, no, that was 2013. 2010 was the camp. They call it the Cam back year where they were down 24 to nothing, came back. Right. Um I was referring to the crazy run down the sideline, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, that was twenty. But Cam, they all you're right because that Alabama team was more talented. Auburn had Cam Newton and Nick Fairley. Those are the two main people I remember from that team. Cam, uh, with 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 Auburn, I, the, the his most famous game is that comeback against Alabama where he was down twenty four nothing and led the comeback. Dave, let's be honest, you watched that game. Alabama gave that game away to Auburn. They had that. I mean, Mark Ingram fumbled when he never fumbles. I mean, Alabama did everything that that was the worst half of coaching I'd ever seen from Nick Saban. Well, I thought he was pretty bad in the second half early in his career a lot. I thought that he yeah. sat on leads too much before he went and got Lane Kiffin. We know Josh Heupel's not going to do that. Oh, no. Heupel's not going to sit on the lead. We also, I don't think Josh Heupel's the type that's going to fall behind 24 to nothing either in a game, quite honestly. But well, I, I could be wrong on that. Well, I mean, you would hope not. We don't want to revisit South Carolina, but there's always he didn't fall behind 24 to nothing though. Tennessee was in it with South Carolina for a while. And then until that hooker ACL injury, I think we all thought like even down by 17 in the fourth quarter, like Tennessee might come back and win this. Yep. No, I I felt, I I did think that they would come back and win it until the ACL injury. So there we go. Great comparison. Uh, Cam Newton to Joe Milton, third junior senior Esquire, uh, do we still do we still refer to him as Joe Milton the third? Is there a Joe Milton the second that's somewhere getting upset that he's? When, when, my OCD is when I write, I write Joe Milton the third because, and then I write Milton because it's. I don't know if you guys were taught this, David. I'm like with the name and AP style, you always give the full name and title the first time you address them. 
and yes. then you can use the last name. So, I, so Joe yeah. Milton the Third Esquire. Joe Milton the Third. Oh, yes. he's not RG three. So don't do the voice again. <laughs> no, no, no. People used to say Robert Griffin the Third. <laughs> Caleb and his voice. All right. So Tennessee loses a couple of transfers. I hate to say this, but I don't think they lost much of anything. No. Uh, for those who are questioning, Cameron Miller was the was the big one. Cameron Miller was a four-star receiver in the 2022 class out of Memphis. I think he moved to defensive back afterwards. And Dude, then they lost. And he said, and I remember this in his recruiting, he said, quote, I love Memphis. I got a son who's getting ready to go far, far away for college. And he doesn't say, I love this area. If he did, he probably wouldn't go where he's going. But I always felt like if, if you, those Memphis guys, and you're from Memphis, those Memphis guys, if they say, man, I love Memphis, I think there's always a chance that they look at the school they commit to and they think I could fall back on Memphis. Yes, particularly with that. So this is more common in basketball than football. So for those who don't understand with the landscape of Memphis, head coaches in Memphis in basketball don't have to recruit. They don't leave the city and they build their team around mm -hmm. Memphis talent. That's why I feel, I've told you in the past, Larry Finch got fired because Tony Harris committed to Tennessee. You don't let Memphis kids get out of Memphis in basketball. And it's a big deal when you do. Football is a different story. And the thing that throws me off is football kids don't typically feel as homesick falling back on Memphis because there used to be a pipeline of Memphis kids to Knoxville. And I think there is again now with Amari Thomas and Jabari Small. You know, the the it was the Melrose pipeline back in the day. Cedric Tillman, Andre Lott, Mondre Dickerson, like all from Melrose to Tennessee. And Melrose is in Orange Mound, like the middle of Memphis. Like, like there's a really great pride in that neighborhood. And they had a Tennessee pipeline. I would say where things are kind of changing a little bit. And this isn't a big loss either way. And I think Cameron Miller is weighing this. NIL, if there's one thing NIL is really going to help, Dave, it is those smaller D1 schools, maybe not Power 5, but that are in urban areas with giant business hubs. Memphis is one of those schools. Fed, because FedEx can come in and say, hey, want to come play for Memphis? Here's a bunch of money to come play for Memphis football. And... That's why Cincinnati joining the Big 12 is a big deal because Cincinnati has that, Houston has that, Memphis has it. And as we know, Miami has it at a level greater than anybody, and that's why they have such a great NIL initiative going on. But great those, point. watch out for those urban schools that may or may not be Power 5 but have solid programs at a lower level. There's a lot of money in those schools. And Memphis, the reason that Memphis is not in – the big 12 or ACC in Louisville is, is because 30 years ago, Louisville decided we should invest more in football than basketball. And Memphis stupidly decided to stay invested in basketball. They're now starting to invest in football. And I'm not, they're never going to be on Tennessee's level. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying NIL could help them keep some talent in the city. Great point. Uh, Nigel Lanier, the balls also lose. He doesn't have a profile page on utsports.com. So I'd say he wasn't that important. He was, yeah, he was a walk-on receiver who got a scholarship. <laughs> so congratulations to getting a scholarship. He probably is looking for somewhere he can play. Look, I'm, I'm sorry, though. If I'm a walk-on who gets a scholarship, I'm sticking with that scholarship. I want to graduate and, and keep my scholarship. Yep, and I'll say it a, a million times. I've said it for 20 years. You play hard for Tennessee. You keep your nose clean. You're going to have a job coming out of school, 100K. Oh, it may be in pharmaceutical sales. It may be something you admit. It's not may not be the NFL but you're going to have a job. I think you bring up a great point. I would have 
stayed at Tennessee to be a VFL and what that brings, which, which by the way, uh, we're going to discuss was not attributed to Derek Dooley or somebody else, but uh, we'll get to that. So Alabama has an issue, Caleb. If an issue that is very serious, what can you tell me about the University of Alabama? And I'll tell you what I think about this. They have got two issues that broke within one day. One, Matt Self, one of the senior members of the university's athletic department, according to AL.com, was arrested Sunday by Tuscaloosa police on a domestic violence charge. The same day that happens, according to ESPN, now this is the wildest story I've ever read. Ohio, sports gambling is legal in Ohio. They have halted betting on Alabama baseball games after suspicious activity. No idea what those is. Obviously, these two things are not connected. But something, when you take those two things and have it follow the Brandon Miller incident, something's going on with Alabama athletics, guys. There's no way around it. Let me tell you what I know from from talking to bookmakers and and those guys. This gambling issue seems small because it's just baseball, right? And But the the way that they determine exactly these steps as far as not taking bets is when a lot of money comes in on one side. And – if there is any sort of gambling issue, they will make someone an example and a scapegoat. And this is going to happen at some point. Somebody's going to have an app on their phone. We're talking about 18, 19 year old kids. And if you, if you're sharing information or anything, at some point they're going to make an example of, of somebody. I don't know who that is. Could be anybody from Washington to Miami. I don't know, but it's going to happen. Um, and I, I would be most concerned about that between the two issues because Let, if the, the baseball players know the football players, the football players know the basketball players. They were a lot of times hang out. That could be a monster issue, Caleb. Yes, and this goes a little deeper. Guys, the first scapegoat of betting on NFL once all this legalized gambling happened was Calvin Ridley, was it not? Yep. Yes, and where's he from? Alabama. Oh. Five players now just recently got suspended in the NFL again for betting. One of them was Jamison Williams. Where's he from? Alabama. Hmm. Guys, there is a gamble. There, here's the real question. Is there a gambling problem happening with Alabama athletics? I mean, I, 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 I'm not naming any names. I'm not trying to be – the. This isn't defamation because I'm not specifying anything, but I'm looking at the evidence. There's been a lot of incidents related to Alabama and people from Alabama with suspicious betting activity happening in the past two years. That would worry me more than just about anything else. You can pay players now. I mean, this is the new paying players, guys, Mm -hmm. moving forward. This is all alleged. We're not making any jumps to conclusion. But this is the new paying players. This is what can get you the death penalty. I'm not saying Alabama is going to get the death penalty. Okay, so don't even post that on the YouTube message board. Or do, because it showed you watched it. But at the end of the day, man, if 
this is the same thing as paying players that who got in trouble for paying players out of Memphis. Alabama. Uh, Dana, I'm, I'm sorry. Alabama. Oh yeah, Alabama. You're right. Means. Mm-hmm. So if there is a gambling issue, this will be the come down hard on somebody because the it, it goes to the the Pete Rose thing. The integrity of the sport is so important. If I thought at all, if somebody called me and said, your favorite sport is fixed because players are doing things to change the outcome, that's the end of me watching that sport. Yes. I, don't, I can watch reality TV, which is the most unreal thing on TV. It's all made up and it's all scripted. That's not what, what I want to watch. I like watching something where the outcome is undetermined. Exactly. Somebody said NBA. I'm a Celtics fan. Watched them choke away last night. I'm done with the NBA. Somebody said college football. That would be a real struggle for me professionally, but I would be so done. I, I mean, that to me is the one thing that could undermine any any sport. And with the way gambling is prevalent, it is going to happen. And it's going to be as big or bigger than the Tim Donaghy thing in the NBA. It's going to happen to one sport. I don't know who it is or what sport it is, but it will happen because everybody has the app on their phone. Everybody. And here's the big thing. This, guys, this is why baseball's never letting Pete Rose back in. Everybody's like, oh, it's been 25 years, 30 years. He was betting on his team to win. It doesn't matter. If you know history, baseball, Major League Baseball was almost derailed before the sport ever got off the ground. Go back and look at the Black Sox scandal of 1919. Guys, baseball almost went defunct as a sport. And if it wasn't for Babe Ruth, you know, introducing the game to the home run, because the home run wasn't part of the sport really until Babe Ruth, and the Roaring Twenties coming with that, baseball would have died. This is the biggest – PD use is not as big. There's no scandal in sports that is as big as betting on the sport. And I don't care if you're betting on your team every game. I don't care if you're betting on other teams in your sport and not your own team. You you compromise everything. And for the record, even if you're betting on your team to win every day, you're still skewing the odds for the bookmakers because if you're doing that, they're like, why are you not betting on – the day you don't bet on your team, they're going to be like, why are you not betting on your team? And so this is – I've been the, one of the most pro-legalized sports gambling people out there. I'm hardcore in favor of it. I am also hardcore in favor of not necessarily programs, but the sports, not the literal death penalty, but the sports death penalty for anybody that bets on the sport they play. That is the most compromising thing you can do. And unless it's professional wrestling, which acknowledges it's fake, it is a serious issue. And by the way, I think this is something where Congress should step in. Congress should step in and say, if you bet on the sports you play, that's a federal crime and you are facing federal prison at that point bottom line is caleb if if they find someone doing this they're they're going to hammer them they're going to absolutely hammer them forget academic scandals and you're right ped didn't influence the outcome of games it influenced the records but it is it is something that every listen you got 18 year old kids caleb who suddenly have some nil money so it doesn't seem like that big of a deal and I mentioned my son a lot. My son has a friend who has the app on his phone. He's 18 years old and he loves to gamble and loses because everybody loses because it's gambling and they build the big buildings and casinos in Las Vegas because of that. 
gambling is is more prevalent than I think you think, especially with young people. And suddenly these guys have a little bit of money in their pocket. So what's the big deal? I've still got a couple thousand dollars in my bank from my NIL deal. Why don't I drop a hundred dollars on the NFL? Because I've always been a uh, Rams fan and they're favored by seven and I think they'll cover. And what does it matter? I've, I'm only betting a hundred dollars, right? No big deal. That is a huge deal. It's a gigantic deal. And I'll tell you why, because once you get in with those bookies, they're going to start to twist your arm if you're providing information. And it's just a slippery, slippery slope. And it being legalized basically just opens up the floodgates. Ask the NBA. Forget the Tim Donahue scandal, which is bad enough, because I actually firmly believe that game six Celtics-Lakers, not Celtics, Sacramento-Lakers game, the game six of the Western Conference Finals in 2002, I firmly believe that game was fixed. And yeah, because we all knew that the NBA finals wasn't a finals because the winner of that series was going to sweep the nets. So they needed seven games of the Western conference finals to get their money. I firmly believe that. Ask the NBA how serious this is when they were having to investigate Michael Jordan for gambling back in 1993, that this was in the, this was that look, I'm going to say it. I think he was in a forced sabbatical because can you imagine what Michael Jordan getting banned from the NBA for gambling would have done to the sport? Would have wrecked the sport. Never would have come back from that. I still believe he was suspended quietly for two years, and that's why he played baseball. Oh, I do too. I do too. I firmly believe he was suspended quietly for two years. Yeah, and... I think only I think only two people know that. Um, the late David Stern and Michael Jordan. Yep. I think it was in an office with nobody else, and I, I will believe that till the day I die. Oh, I will too. Michael Jordan had some checks written out to some very, very shady bookies that were that had gone to prison during that time. And yeah, it's this is guys, this is a serious issue. It's the I can't stress this. It's the worst thing you can do. And this is why Pete Rose should never let back back be let back into baseball. You can't let Pete Rose back in. And here's the other thing. I know Tennessee has like NIL meetings and I'm sure every other school does that. You have to pay your taxes and all that. They've got so much going on, these these college programs that are you doing seminars on gambling? Could that slip between the cracks? They've got to go to all these other seminars on what's legal in NIL to pay your taxes and all that other stuff. At what point does one thing slip between the cracks? And this could be the biggest one. So uh, keep an Athletic eye. Athletic directors, listen to Dave and I. Listen, if you want your program to stay safe, you need to get on top of this. <laughs> They do. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker, and he's Batman. That makes me Robin. I (laughs) love the shirt. Have a fantastic day, everyone. We got the app. We got the YouTube. Click like one more time. I appreciate that. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. Weekdays, 10 a.m., but you can listen anytime. And if you subscribe, turn those notifications on. We've got the app. We'll be with you. Have a fantastic day, everyone. This is a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.